Hello everyone, I'm Ragnhild Eskeland Wesenberg, a Norwegian cellist living in Sweden, making this podcast about being a musician. The times are still a-changing. Have you had to make a thumbnail yet? I have to admit I use paint for the most part, though I've only just played a little bit with Canva. And I can't help but wonder if there will be a time when I'm struggling with preparing a field for planting potatoes. Thinking back at the digital age is something rather absurd and something fun. What can we do with software and hardware? We can record conversations with people anywhere in the world, tweak it, add digital music to it and share it with others who have hardware and software and an internet connection. Where are you, listener? If you'd like to, please let me know where you are in a comment on Instagram or Kofi. Or on my website, actually. I keep forgetting to mention my website, but there I host this podcast and you can go there to listen to the episodes and make a comment if you want to as well. That's ragnhildvesenberg.com slash podcast. Today's guest is in a different time zone from myself and I came across her on Kofi, which we'll talk about in this interview. But before that, I have a recommendation to give. I've been feeling pretty overwhelmed recently by everything I want to do at the same time. And to help me stay focused on one thing at a time, as well as having the support of a creative online community, as well as actually finish my project, I have for the past months been participating in a new initiative called The Box. This is the creation of Bill Small and Miles Hansen. The Box is a structure and a container around one's projects. Every week we meet online for mutual support in our current projects. We give feedback, encouragement, without adding more stress to the situation. I'm not someone who seeks social situations like these in real life. I'm very homey and I guess on the introverted side, but the box fits me perfectly as it is a small community so far with incredibly friendly and open-minded people. There is space for everyone and I feel seen and heard. If this sounds like something you'd like to try, you can go to theboxworkshop.com and by using the discount code CELLO, C-E-L-L-O, in capital letters, you'll get 30% off for your first month. And a recommendation. Oh, and I have one more recommendation, which is that I have just launched my online cello course. It consists of video tutorials and for the time being aimed at beginner cellists. So if you have had a cello lying around for a long time and you wonder what to do with it, maybe this course is for you. You'll find more about it on my website, ragnilvesenberg.com. And now, I wish I had Bruce Buffer to say that for me. You'll get to meet Christina Pepper, who uses a Pepper theme in her online aesthetics. And the audio in this interview coincidentally showed up bright red in my audio editing software. Since we had our conversation, she has launched a separate YouTube channel called Christina Pepper Classical, and it's all classical accompaniment videos. You'll hear an excerpt from one of those later in this episode, Let Beauty Awake, from Songs of Travel by Ralph Vaughan Williams. But first, here is a taste of Elite Syncopations by Scott Joplin.
start right. my Audacity recording too. Yes. Okay. Is that your preferred uh, audio editing software that you use in general? I usually use uh, Studio One for piano recording. I use Audacity for voice usually. It's free. <laughs> yeah. I only used it on a couple of occasions when I had to use this uh, noise reduction effect, mm -hmm. uh, which is amazing. And I'm I'm using Ableton for things, but right. I don't think Ableton has this particular feature where you can isolate a certain monotonous sound and then you can have it, you know, taken out of the whole thing. That's cool. So if you've got a fan in the background or something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Would you like to first introduce yourself? Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, okay, hold on. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. No, I know. It's a really hard question for many people. Yeah, okay. Here we go. Um, hi, I'm Christina. I'm a pianist and an accompanist. I play locally for various shows. I accompany voice students and I have a YouTube channel. Nice. Is that good? Okay. <laughs> That's great. Right. That's great. Yeah, I was uh, looking uh, a bit on your on your website and your coffee page and your YouTube channel, and uh, it looks to me like you have like you ha you have your piano playing, you are teaching both piano and vocals, and you are accompanying and mm -hmm. arranging, yes. and also making. YouTube videos, which is a lot of work. It really is. You have to do everything. Yes. <laughs> like you have to be an editor, you have to make thumbnails, you have to think about what people are interested in looking at and listening to. It's, it's a, you have to be everything. I'm just getting into it myself. Wow, it's a lot. And um, yesterday I was going to edit some raw material, but then I had to free up some space on my computer and then I you know I'm looking through what do I have on my computer and then I see these big files from something that I I'm not subscribed to anymore and then trying to figure out how uh, oh they won't let me delete these unless I log into the account again and do something and it's just so many unpredictable things that can take up time when oh, all yes. I do, mm -hmm. all I want to do is to just <laughs> edit my video. I, that, that is my life, I feel like. Like I went through all my recording files recently and there were all of these hidden files of like deleted things that they saved. So every single audio file was just gigantic. It was taking up so much space. So I just went through manually and deleted all the hidden files and cleared up like 80 gigs of space on my hard drive, <laughs> but it took forever. It took hours. So which program was this the, the, that makes this? That was Studio One. That's my recording software. <gasps> yeah. Okay, so that means you have to go into the settings mm. and you have to change something in order to... Uh... I, I think what I will just make a habit of doing now when I record is just as soon as I'm done and I know I'm done with that project, I can go in clear out all the unnecessary files that I know I won't need anymore and just get rid of them. <laughs> yes. I I think that's better than to just buy more storage space. I think so. Because uh, I try to resist the temptation to just buy more space mm -hmm. and instead really trying to tidy up what I have. Otherwise, I think 
uh, the amount of tidying in the future would mm. just be gigantic. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And what software do you use when you edit your videos? I just started using DaVinci Resolve. <gasps> Me too. Which is, it's great. The free version is amazing. It's got so many yes. features. I might, I probably will upgrade, I think. But I wanted to try out the, the free version first, and it's amazing. It's so good. I used to use one called Shotcut, which was pretty good. Uh, it would crash a lot. Um, but once you figured out that everything is a filter, you, you could do a lot with it. And that, that worked well f for me, but I think DaVinci Resolve is is a, a big upgrade as far as like the quality overall of the videos. Yes, and what I will say there, in case someone is listening who's also using it, or maybe if you can relate to it, because I realized why my computer was filling up with the material was that I was generating proxy media oh. in the editing process, which makes it more smooth to just mm -hmm. work with different clips. But all this proxy media was taking up many, many, many gigs of space. I, that probably is happening to me. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, don't, I did not know about that, but I will, I will have to go check now. All of these things are actually quite new to me. I mean, we're uh, not so far away from each other in uh, age, I think, but we're still old enough to have experienced how much has changed Yeah. in, like, being a musician. Mm -hmm. I, I can imagine when you were studying piano playing, I guess you visualized a completely different uh, career than the one you actually have now. <laughs> I hope... There's so much I could say about that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I had this very misguided image in my head that you would that I would be on a stage playing with an orchestra, and that was the only image of what a musician what I would do as a pianist. That's like <laughs> like if I wasn't doing that, I was nothing. Like I might as well just give up. And because I didn't know what else I could do, no one, no one told me. So for a long time, that was what I would envision when I would think of my future. And then when I was faced with the reality of uh, it's probably not going to happen for me, I've just had a huge crisis of just career choice. Like, what have I been doing with my life? And it was, it was, <laughs> it was a struggle to to get over that hurdle and realize, oh, there's a lot of things that I could be doing that aren't just playing on a huge stage and touring the world, necessarily. So, yeah, absolutely. My my image of what it meant and what I could do with piano as a career has changed a lot, to say the least. What was it that got you over the hurdle? I So I went to college for piano, and that's when the crisis happened and I basically I you know there's no real nice way to say it I basically crashed and burned and was very depressed for quite a while and it took me years to kind of dig myself back out get out of the situation I was in and just rediscover piano and just playing for myself and enjoying it in that way and making it a going back to what I really loved about it and then and then slowly finding ways to introduce it as a side 
a gig where I could make a little money on the side. Um, and then I realized uh, all the options that were actually available to me through through doing these little side jobs. And it, it wasn't until that point that I was really like, oh, I could actually make a go of this, even though I didn't actually finish, you know, at the college level, I didn't actually have a degree that I could actually make a go of this. And you have found your niche? I think so. I think so. I still, I still try to record videos of music that I love, the classical music, like ragtime, um, but also accompanying vocalists has become a real a real passion. You know, it's I found a new way to collaborate with people that I didn't know existed. And I've discovered lots of amazing classical vocal repertoire that I was never exposed to. And mm. I realized that that was a niche that was kind of missing on YouTube, like classical karaoke, sort of, you know, right. That wasn't yes. that wasn't really a thing that existed prior to the pandemic, especially. Yeah, and then everyone and then the pandemic uh, got got into <laughs> yes. got into video editing suddenly. Yes, <laughs> the whole world was like YouTube is the answer. Yeah. So you have a couple of YouTube videos also where you talk about Kofi, mm -hmm. uh, which is a platform that we both use. Uh, it's similar to Patreon and. You talk about what you like about it and how it's been useful for you as a musician. Uh, would you like to briefly introduce it? Sure. Here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I started using it, I think, maybe four years ago at this point. Um, I looked at Patreon and to me it felt like I wouldn't really be able to get into that easily because really the only way people can support you is to sign up for a monthly subscription. And there are so many monthly subscriptions already for that people are signed up for and it's like, oh, I don't want to do another one. And Kofi was just very friendly seeming. You can just kind of stop by and like, hey, I like what you do. Here's a few dollars or, or whatever, you know. It was very casual. Um, and it has lots of tools that the creator can use to get themselves out there, lots of ways they can interact with people who are interested in what they're doing. So you can crowdfund, you can sell things in the shop, and you can commission, as well as just having that little donation um, option for people who stop by. And something I have been wondering uh, uh, recently is because it's, it's not so easy to find someone there. Like, you you have to know that you you want to support someone who is... Mm -hmm. who is there it's not really a place you just go <laughs> right uh, so it, you really rely on putting links out everywhere that people can click on and then they will uh, it will take them straight there right it's um the internal search system on Kofi is not very good. I know it's one of the things I think they're planning on improving, but you can't really go to Kofi and just kind of browse, you know, and find what you're looking for necessarily. So it's a tool for people who are already on social media in other places to put the, the Kofi link, you know, in your, your YouTube videos or wherever you are, and then they can go to that page and support you there. But just 
browsing on Kofi itself is not really it's not really the way to go at this point. No, I've yeah. been trying to search for mm -hmm. like music and musician. Yeah, and, it doesn't work. <laughs> uh, it's it's hard. Mm -hmm. um, in one of your YouTube videos, you you show parts of profiles of musicians who use the mm -hmm. platform, and these are I just never came across these earlier when I tried to tried right. to look for them, and now I wanted to follow them. And I had to be very careful with what I wrote in the search yes. to actually to actually find them. <laughs> yeah, if you're not exact with the, the characters, then you, you can't find them. So <laughs> having the link is the best way at, at right. the moment. So one should not just delete all other uh, online platforms and go all in on coffee. It's a very um, specific... Yeah tool mm -hmm. they do have options like um, a widget that you can install on your website so people can just leave a donation directly on your website and never even have to leave it which is really cool um, but yes it's it's intended to be a landing spot from other social media pages and isn't what coffee is doing something one could just also just do oneself like on one's website, one can just say, if you want to support me, you can do this. I mean, what specifically is it that Coffee is doing, you think, that you can't do yourself? Um, I think that's a good question. Um, I think it's at this point, it's built a reputation for itself as kind of a reliable website. Um, and I think it's the metaphor, the coffee metaphor, that really is very appealing. It's the one of their catchphrases is just buy me a coffee, you know, instead of subscribing to me for a monthly fee, just buy me a coffee, you know, it's like, just a little favor. It's a tip, you know, a tip in your tip jar. It's just kind of a, it's a metaphor for a way to say thank you to a creator for whatever it is that you appreciate about them. Mm. And I think, I think that's really powerful. Do you know if YouTube is the place where people, people who support you, is it YouTube mainly that they find you? I think so, yes. That's my biggest following as, as far as any of my other social media presence goes. Um, most people find my accompaniment videos. And then in all of those videos, I have links to my Kofi page. And I usually put like in the comments something like, if you enjoy this and would like to leave me a tip, check out my Kofi page. Or if you want me to record something for you or you want to buy this track, just head over to my Kofi page. And that's that's where most of my traffic comes from. It's a bit of a balancing act, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm so new to all kinds of online platforms. I'm just fascinated. It's this balance between having the patience to let things work, you know, see what's happening, mm -hmm. see if anyone finds you, and also finding things to change and add and improve without doing too much of either of those two things, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. I, th I, think <laughs> s I think so. It's like the dreaded algorithm of YouTube and Instagram and all of these social media sites. Like you have to game the system, kind of. Like you have to try to figure out 
what will make this platform show my material to people over other material and you have to kind of think about that when you post things and it's it's a little exhausting and you know I I try to post things that I I hope people will like and I want to post things that I like instead of just trying to cater to the the social media system so you know, I, I'm thinking about that in the back of my mind, but I still, I want to make things that I hope people will enjoy and that I like to make. Yeah. Do you have to compromise, you feel? Are there some things you have to do that you don't really want to do? I I don't think so. I, if you, if you look at my, my YouTube channel, it's a lot of like old timey, like ragtime, which is not a super popular niche. You know, it's, it's a very small group of people that like that kind of music so I don't I think if I was going to sell out I would be doing like popular music you know and right. that kind of thing but the, what I'm what I'm doing is like classical music this old like vintage style of playing that it's yeah not a lot of people are into it so <laughs> I'm just doing my own thing I, I hope I hope it comes yeah. across that way I think it does and Wow, you're so good at playing duet with yourself. And it looks so easy when just seeing the video, but there is so much that goes into it, just the way you you keep your room clean and tidy and maybe you decorate the piano with Christmas decorations mm -hmm. if it's a Christmassy thing. Or I love when people notice stuff like that. <laughs> I, yeah. I love when people notice the little details, like if my outfit is reversed or my hair is on one side and then the other side. I just I just do those for fun to see if anyone picks up on it. So it's it's cool yeah. when people notice. Because it would look... <laughs> that's interesting. Because you're already playing with yourself, but mm -hmm. it would look more strange if you wore exactly the same clothes and had your hair exactly the same way. Right. Because when you wear different things, it almost looks like you're different people. I, I did one, I don't know if you saw it, I did the, the Barber of Seville Overture, and uh, I had one person dressed as, well, I had myself dressed as the barber, and then the other me was the customer, and some people who watched the video said, I didn't realize that this was the same person in both videos, ah. so I actually tricked a couple people with that one. Because you do have followers and people are engaging with your content and they are, you know, mm -hmm. they're being good followers. What would you say to someone who wants to get into that whole thing? What advice do you have? Um, like making videos for YouTube specifically or like just... And also managing to be discovered by people who then stick with you. It's really hard because I've been on YouTube since 2010. <laughs> it's it's been a long time and I didn't I didn't really get more serious about it till 2018, but it's it's been a really slow journey. I you know, like I said I wasn't I haven't tried to be popular, haven't tried to to cater to what I think you know, the, the majority of people will like. I've just been trying to be authentic and play the music that I really love and try to play it as well as possible. 
which I think is important. I think having your craft be honed and really putting the work in to make a good recording and make a good video is is very important and shouldn't be um shouldn't be under what's the word I'm thinking of it's underrated underrated yeah exactly yeah um so making a good quality recording and video is definitely important but you don't necessarily have to have the best setup either because I certainly didn't if you go back a few years my videos did not look good (laughs) <laughs> they they did not look good. Um, so I try to interact with people as much as possible. People who take the time to comment on my videos, I try to I try to respond to them and say something um, say something about the video, like give them a little insight into what I was thinking when I recorded it, or ask them a question and just have a conversation with people. And I I think that that keeps people more interested in coming back. Are you? Uh, thinking about how you want others to interact with you on YouTube when you are interacting with people on YouTube yourself? I think, um, you know, YouTube comments are... <laughs> it's it's a hazardous place. Um, so yeah. there, there are sometimes comments that happen that and my initial reaction is what is this person trying to say or my I think it might be a negative connotation and my instinct is to be confrontational or aggressive or just to ignore them but I found that just asking for clarification or like what do you mean by that and just being just being receptive to their comment, even if it might be kind of negative, can often lead to them saying, oh, here's what I meant. And then I realize, oh, I was misinterpreting what that person was trying to say. So I try to be open and understanding um, or realize that this might not be their first language because, you know, YouTube is mm. worldwide. So I, I, I try to be as understanding as possible Though of course there's still there are always going to be trolls and you know those people you just have to you have to ignore you have to block whatever you need to do to get through your day without dwelling on them but yeah I I try to be positive and hope that I encourage positivity on my channel yes and with time you kind of get a thicker skin mm. maybe oh yes when it oh, when yes. it comes to uh, mm-hmm. comments. <laughs> Uh, having been on the internet since I was, you know, probably 10, 12-ish, you know, um, yeah, definitely. You you have to learn to filter stuff out and just let it go, which can often be easier said than done because our brains just want to focus on that one negative comment, even though it's surrounded by a bunch of really nice comments. So, mm. yeah, I, I think I've gotten pretty good at just... hopefully sweeping those those negative comments aside Mm. Uh, this is something that just keeps coming up in life in general I get yeah it it helps to think that it's something that probably everyone is experiencing Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, it can um, it can surprise me from time to time when it happens again and maybe I imagined I was immune to that now but uh, you know, nah. <laughs> yeah, it, it especially for something 
that you feel like you worked really hard on and you put a lot of time yeah. and energy and love into and then this person just shows up and dumps all over it and it's like don't you have anything better to do with your day sir you know can you think of uh, one or more occasions where you saw a peak in followers or sales after you did something new or different on a digital platform or somewhere else definitely on youtube my my channel like i said i was i've been on youtube since 2010 the first eight years was just me posting videos every once in a while just whenever i felt like it it was very casual i wasn't trying to make money or really do anything and then in 2018, I had been doing accompaniment work for a while, and I had this huge repertoire of music for vocalists that I had been just working on and realized I should do something with this. And I just sat down and recorded like 30 or more tracks, and I uploaded them all <laughs> to YouTube <laughs> at once, which was probably not a great idea and I immediately lost about 50 subscribers <laughs> when I did that be <laughs> because that wasn't the type of video that I had been posting previously and all of a sudden I just posted like 50 videos of accompaniment music and so I lost a lot of people but then the growth after that was huge just this it was one of those things that was missing on YouTube was all this, you know, these opera arias and common vocal pieces that a lot of voice students work on. And suddenly I just started just having huge growth right after, after the big drop and then, mm. and then the subsequent growth after that. Um, so now I'm trying to find like a good balance between some accompaniment videos and some performance videos. And that's, that's about where I am at the moment. But that, that was the, the biggest change that I ever made. And did that also make you f feel like you have to then stick to this thing that people are expecting? Are you careful with doing other things? I, I've actually been playing around with the idea of having a second channel and just doing a lot more of that accompaniment stuff on the, on the second channel. But I don't want to just stop doing it completely because a lot of the people who follow me was for that reason. So... Um, I've just been kind of playing around with ideas for um, like having more options for for vocal um, accompaniments on a second channel, like recording one song in four different keys because you've got people with different voice types who might want to sing this song, but that key is too high or or whatever. So <laughs> I've I've been playing around with that idea and have like four of the same song recorded in slightly different ways. Um, so that's that's something I've thought about doing, but it would probably be on a second channel just because, you know, the YouTube algorithm is what it is. And I, okay. you know, it's one of those things you have to, to kind of think about. Wow. So just to clarify, when you say you make uh, piano accompaniment videos, mm -hmm. they are used by, I guess, mainly singers who are practicing a certain piece and they don't have a private pianist who can just play for them anytime they want to. Right, yeah. Uh, a lot of vocalists mostly, but also some instrumentalists. Some I've seen people just play along with uh, my, 
my videos, but they're on the pan flute or the mandolin or, or, or whatever. But mostly it's vocal students and it's people who don't have access to, to a pianist or people who don't have money for a pianist or they're doing um, an audition and there won't be a pianist there so they have to use a track or they're socially distancing and they are not allowed to be in the same room as a pianist yeah. so they have a track going instead. So I've, I've had all kinds of people tell me what they've been using the tracks for and commission me to record tracks for various things. And it's it's been really interesting to see the the variety, I, th I think, of of what they've been used for. And it's it's really rewarding because I wouldn't have necessarily thought that you would use it in that way, but I think it's great. I, I love that people get things, that they are able to practice with these and record their audition with these. It's, it's all incredibly rewarding when I hear about that from people. And it's uh, quite amazing that students uh, can afford actually commission to commission you to mm -hmm. make uh, this type of recording for them. I, I thought studying in the uh, U.S. was a very <laughs> expensive thing to be doing. It is. <laughs> I've, I've tried to keep the, the commission prices affordable, you know, because I have to think about this person, once they have the track, they can use it as much as they want. Versus if you had a pianist, you would have to pay them every time you work with that pianist. So, yeah. you know, I want the... I want I want the price to be reflective on the work that I'm putting into it, but not be so prohibitive that a college student wouldn't be able to, to order one from me. Today you have a day completely off. Can that be... I, I know it. it's a little ironic, but sometimes when I have a day off, I can feel really stressed out. Because then, I've, then I feel, today is the day I will do all the things. I don't know, how do you deal with a day off? Do you have certain habits? Um, let me think. There are days where... I know I have to go out into the world and do things, like I'm playing for lessons or something like that. Um, so I kind of play, plan my day around that when I know I have to be here at this such and such time. Um, and that to me is more stressful than being home. Um, I think being home, I feel like I have the freedom to just work on whatever it is that I need to, record what I need to, practice for an hour here and then take a break and come back to it. I feel a lot more freedom, I think, when I have a day off. It's just, 
I don't have to think about because I'm such an introvert going out into the world is its own huge ordeal for my brain that I can just I can just be at home and do what I need to and focus on that. Yes. You just have to be clear with yourself on, on what you need to prioritize mm -hmm. on that particular day. Do you write in the book the things you have to do? I'll make lists. <laughs> I'm a big list person. I just, I have notes of things that, short-term projects, long-term projects, just so I can have a, a visual aid for what I want to be doing. But I, I don't usually get more detailed than that. I don't have a day-to-day -day itinerary. I just, I know what I need to do on a particular day. Um, and then I have my list of, mostly it's just a list of pieces that I know I want to work on or think about making future videos for, because that's, that's usually what I'm thinking about. It's, it sounds really um, good to have this combination of income streams, some things that happen in the physical world, like you go to accompany singers and uh, teach, and then you also have all the online things. It is good. I... If I didn't ever leave the house, it might be a bad thing. <laughs> I, I'm so, so introverted that during the pandemic, I was totally fine. You know, I was one of those, <laughs> one of those people who was like, yes, I can just be home and do yeah. what I want. That, I, you know, I don't want to say it was a good thing, but for me, it was just, it was easy. It was not, not a struggle at all in that way. So it's, it's good for me to go out and interact with people, build connections, do the outside world networking that I know I need to do. Um, and, you know, see people once in a while. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it's definitely good. And, and also, yes, I have a couple consistent um, gigs where I earn money on a more consistent basis, because YouTube and online things that I do are not nearly as consistent as some of the jobs I have out in the mm. world. I guess uh, your name isn't Christina Pepper Piano. No. Um. <laughs> my, na my name is Christina, uh, but Pepper is not my last name. That was a, a childhood nickname, but I thought it would be cute for a YouTube channel, and that's just become my my online persona at this point. Yes. Um, so that's that's what all of my social media stuff is, is Christina Pepper Piano. Uh, do you see it as a brand? Maybe. You know, I don't know what that brand is necessarily, other than just me with a slightly different name. <laughs> you know, I, I, do, I do love peppers, and I love hot sauce and that kind of thing, and I... I try to, you know, I, I tell people that and I'll post pictures of my hot sauce collections and things like that. But it's it's not really a brand, I, w I wouldn't think. I should probably be more business-minded about it <laughs> than I am. Uh, just at this at this point in time, it was just a... a uh, I don't want to necessarily put my my full real name out there. I guess that was an old internet habit from when I was younger and you're not supposed to put your name on the internet. So I, I came up with a, a persona name and it's, it's cute and I like it. And I've actually had students at the university I play for call me Christina Pepper when they introduced me, you know, because <laughs> they thought that was my name and uh, you know, it was fine. Um, 
But, I mean, it looks great. I mean, I have to say brand is not something I ever thought about. And studying classical music, the word brand mm -hmm. doesn't uh, yeah. exactly <laughs> come up. Uh, but mm -hmm. when looking at your Kofi page, for example, and uh, it's just so satisfying when you have the pepper theme and then you have naturally this red color theme and your tears mm -hmm. are different types of pepper and there is something very customer friendly about having just a simple concept like this yeah i i can see that um i yeah like i said i do love pepper so i again i thought it'd be cute to have different pepper levels um and then kind of describe the pepper as you know you're this type of pepper because you're supporting at this level so like you're a bell pepper you're crisp and refreshing or you're you're spicier as 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 the, the goes up in price you're a spicier contributor or or whatever so yeah, i guess i have thought about it a little bit <laughs> when you say it like that you know um and i i love red that's my favorite color so i i i use those types of colors in the the color scheme on kofi they give you a, a really nice uh template to use though like a lot of that is just Kofi being very visually pleasing, mm. too. Yeah. But you anyway have to make your own images to um, yes. to go with the different tiers, for example. So that's, that's mm -hmm. yet another skill that we're not taught when we study classical music. Where do oh, you... no. <laughs> where do you... Uh, can you please tell me, where do you go to make just an image you want to make digitally? Let me look at the name of the place. I've got it bookmarked right now. I think it's Pixel R. Hold on. Huh. com. Okay. It's it's just a free um, photo editor that I found, and that's what I use to make my thumbnails or those those images and banners on Kofi. Mm. Um, so I don't I don't pay for anything that I don't. <laughs> that I don't have to. Um, I look for free resources whenever I can. Yeah, I'm still um, the most comfortable with pen and paper. I'm in a quartet where we prepare wedding music and similar things. And I don't feel I'm able to contribute to a lot of things outside of the actual cello playing. But when mm -hmm. someone said, oh, we should have a logo, then I volunteered to make a logo. But I actually did it by hand I used scissors and glue and oh that's really cool though <laughs> and then I, I scanned that mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome I love the homemade uh feel I've, I've made some like pieces of background scenery for my videos that were just like hand-painted things that I threw together so yeah, yeah I love that I hope that's to my benefit that there are some people who do love it because mm -hmm. these days yeah everyone are just embracing the digital and whenever I see text or images it's it's digital mm -hmm. for the most part I'm now working on making a cello course online and as a part of that I also make sheets with information and summaries of different topics and uh, the circle of fifths and I know there are thousands of circles of fifths if you search online for mm -hmm. images of that but I made my own with uh, with handwriting and I used some scissors and glue for that and 
and also the sheets I make, I write them by hand, and it's it just um, I like that. So I hope I hope I can find people who also appreciate that. I think you could put those up in your coffee shop if you wanted to. <laughs> there, oh right. Yeah, I mean, there's there are people in there who sell their origami creations. It's not it's not just digital products like people knit and sell their their knit or crocheted items on there and I think it's really cool. I I like I like that homemade aspect for sure. Mm. I'm not going to keep you all day long. Is it lunchtime for you over there? Uh I had a I had a late breakfast. So I'm good. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, I have a very lackadaisical schedule. I get up, I do some emails, then I'll have a late breakfast, and then I'll practice. It's it's very casual. That sounds great. I just love that I can talk with people in different parts of the world. It's and, awesome. Uh, yeah. Wow, Georgia is a state in the U.S. <laughs> I don't I don't really have any associations to it. I've been to the states actually, but I haven't mm-hmm. been to that particular state. I'm from Florida originally, which is geographically further south, but not really the south, as you may have heard. The, the southern part of the United States has, you know, reputation <laughs> for particular, you know, certain things. So, you know, that's, that's where I am at the moment. But I'm not, I'm not uh, a Georgian at heart or anything like that. I'm not necessarily tied to this part of the country. So, <laughs> yeah. talking about the United States right now, mm, it's it's okay. it's a rough thing <laughs> to think about. My patriot patriotism level is, oof, yeah. Okay, <laughs> we don't have to okay. talk about that. <laughs> but uh, you have alligators in Florida, yes. Yeah, oh, in Florida, Florida, oh, okay. Florida is a swamp, just a straight up swamp. <laughs> right. Oh, it's so exotic. So uh, it's just a place you live for the time being. It it's not really a place you feel rooted to. I don't. I don't think so. Um, I I did like Florida. That's where I grew up, and it's just it's kind of a crazy place. I I you're not from the United States, so you might not know about Florida, but it just has a reputation as this crazy place if you go (laughs) if you go to just a search engine and type in florida man you'll find all these crazy stories about (laughs) insane things that have happened in the state of florida it's yeah it's just an insane place so (laughs) and i didn't really realize that while i lived there um it wasn't until i left florida i'm like that that was a very strange place to live Oh, <laughs> right. And Marilyn Manson uh, grew up there. Oh, I didn't know that. I think so, in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, okay. I have his uh, autobiography. <laughs> I bet that's an interesting read. <laughs> it's a very interesting <laughs> read. And he wrote it fairly early in his life, actually. But still, mm. it's uh, yeah. yeah, it's very entertaining. I, I can recommend it if you're... Mm into that um do you have anything to say that hasn't been said something on your heart or your mind something you want to share um I guess you know I I've I looked at some of your 
your other episodes and I was just, I was really kind of intrigued about how you became a freelance musician, you know, just during the <laughs> pandemic and how kind of crazy, but, but brave that was. And, you know, it was just, I was just sort of thinking about like what, what I would want to tell someone, I guess, uh, who was tr going on that journey, like things that I guess I wish I had known way long ago, back when I used to think <clears throat> there was only one possible route for me when I thought, like, if I'm not on that big stage, then what what is the point of anything? And <laughs> so I guess, I guess thinking about... Um, like really exploring and asking people, like what can I realistically do as a musician? What mm. are the other jobs that are available to me? And, you know, like really do your research and ask people this question because they might not tell you, but they might not realize that you have this, this strange one-tracked mind as far as like what your, what your future could hold as a musician because... Nobody told me. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just, you know, I, I had that vision in my head and then a huge gap of just feeling like this is not, you know, I went from this is the only thing I can do to that's something I can never do to back to like, oh, now it's a possibility again. Mm. So, you know. Yeah. So, so I would just, I would encourage people to be ask that question and find out and do research and, and ask other musicians what they're doing and see yeah. what, what interests you. Yeah. And it's thrilling to discover the, the creativity I see out there, like what musicians do now. When, oh, yeah. You know, anyone can make their own online presence and do their own thing, promote their own thing, and mm -hmm. it's... Uh, it's amazing to just see what people come up with. Mm. Absolutely. I, I, that's one of the things I really like about Kofi is I go on there and just I look at like those musicians that I found for that video and I look at their their commission ideas. and I'm like, that's really cool. I would never have thought of that. Like someone came up with a, a customized happy birthday video where they play piano and they sing to you and they put your name into the video and then they send it to that person for their birthday. And I'm like, that's really cool. That's a great idea. And that kind of stuff is, is incredible to me. I love that. Mm. Uh, it can be hard to understand what it means to not be a musician. I mean, because when someone in my family, we're a family musician, you know, when, when someone is having a birthday or something like that, of course, there is a song and, mm -hmm. you know, anyone can come up with a song and we can play it together, sing together. But for so many people, that's just not what happens. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you if you've studied classical music, you have so much more to offer than to be a soloist with an orchestra, because mm -hmm. so many people just don't have much live music in their life or yeah. at least customized music in their life, you know, or maybe they just need a soft introduction into how to play an instrument and then it can spread. Like, there are so many, so many things one can do to reach a lot of people. Definitely. Yeah, like, YouTube is a great resource if 
you're in a, a country where you don't have access to a teacher, or you don't have money for a teacher, you can learn a lot of basic things. You know, of course, having a teacher is is ideal, I think, because you have another set of eyes and another set of ears looking at you mm-hmm. to help make corrections. But you can get started, and there's lots of great resources out there. And, yeah, the, the more people who have access to music, the better, I think. Yeah. Great. Last words. Ah. Beautiful. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Thank you so much. This was ah. great. tuning in to the musician's journey podcast today in the show notes you'll find links to mentioned online places and also to this podcast's playlist on spotify where i've gathered music by many of the guests who have been on here it's a mixed blend the podcast soundtrack is made by Mohammed amr aka gozira which is an arabic word that means small carrot or isolated island or something similar if you want to support this podcast feel free to leave a tip in the tip jar on kofi.com slash the musician's journey podcast and there you can also comment on episodes if you heard something that made you think something you want to share i'm happy you're here take care